Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Lord, we're ready for your word. Father, we pray that you would have your way today. In the spite of the attacks and the intents of the enemy, speak clearly through your servant and allow your people to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one of the things that you have to look forward to as you get older are multiple trips to the doctor. And, um, you know, for me, when I was younger, uh, a trip to the doctor was kind of that annual checkup and visit. And now it seems like annual checkups are coming every month or every other month, right? I'm going to primary care physician, cardiologist, uh, urologist, dentist, orthopedic specialist, chiropractor, OBGYN. I, I go there for my wife. I, I go with her. That's, that's why I go there. Um, but, but over and over, I'm, I'm just going to doctor's visit. My, my wife was just bugging me uh, just this past week. Um, listen, I need to make this appointment. You need to go to the doctor. You're going to the doctor. Come on, it's time for you to get your checkup. And I'm like, God, which one now? And one of the doctors that I go to, and I don't go near enough, I'll be honest, is the eye doctor. I don't go to the eye doctor until I have to. Now, when I say have to, I mean when my arm is not long enough for me to focus what I'm reading, when I'm looking at words that I know, but I can't recognize them based on what I'm looking at, like my name, right, then I know I need a new prescription because I need my glasses, and it's amazing when you go to the eye doctor because one of the things that I've learned is they never start with what's in focus. They always take you to that lowest level, and then they ask you a question, can you see anything? And, of course, you can't, right, because everything is blurry. And I'm like, it looks just like my glasses. And then they take you through a series of steps in order to figure out what your prescription is if you need a new prescription, how strong that new prescription needs to be. Now, here's what I've learned. For me, it's only when things get out of focus that I realize, you know what? I need to go to the doctor, the eye doctor, and I need to get a new prescription. And for somebody... Your life has been so chaotic. Things have been moving so rapidly in your life that things are not in focus like they need to be. And when I talk about things being out of focus in your life, I'm not talking about eyesight. I'm talking about insight into seeing what God is trying to show you. Today, I want to conclude the third part of this message entitled, The Focus for a Joy-Filled Life. Now, for those of you who are just joining us, we're in the midst of a series entitled, The Joy Campaign. 
And in this joy campaign, we are studying the book of Philippians, and the subtitle of our series is Living a Joy-Filled Life in a Trouble-Filled World. And my brothers and sisters, if we've ever needed a word like that, we need it today. With a pandemic out of control, with race relations and the tension around racism at an all-time high. I mean, listen, we, global grief has encompassed all of us. It has literally enveloped us. We need to know how to have joy in a trouble-filled life. In the book of Philippians, the apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. Uh, the church at Philippi is one of the churches that Paul founded somewhere between and wrote this letter somewhere between 60 and 63 A.D. It's believed that he founded this church some 10 years or so earlier. He writes to them from prison. Hence, Philippians is one of Paul's prison epistles. Four times in, uh, in four chapters, 16 times, Paul uses the word joy, rejoice, or some derivative thereof. Hence, this idea of joy. And it's amazing because when you look at what Paul has to say, clearly Paul does not talk about the joy of the Lord because of his present circumstances, because he's locked up in prison awaiting trial. Paul does not talk about joy because he never had any problems back in Philippi because he had his share of problems in Philippi. But Paul talks about joy because his focus remains on God. And today I want to conclude verses 3 through 6 by focusing on verse 6. Now let me just quickly give you uh, if you will, a review of what we have looked at over the past couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, I told you that in this idea of the focus for a joy-filled life, to live a joy-filled life, you must pray with a focus on the person of God and others. You must learn to pray with a focus on the person of God and others. Paul, in this Philippian Pericope does not talk to the Philippians about his own personal troubles, but he's praying for them, focusing on God and the faithfulness of God, and remembering fondly those in the Philippian church who were a blessing to him. And the Bible says he prays with joy. And one of the things I want you to get, if you haven't gotten this so far, is the idea that joy is a choice. Joy is not like happiness. Happiness is based on what's happening. Joy is a choice. It is rooted in an assurance and a confidence in who God is that ignites a cheerful and rejoicing heart. Paul teaches us that you have to choose to exercise, to grab hold of, the joy of the Lord, no matter what you're going through. Come on, let's be honest. How many of us could be joyous if we were in prison? Especially if we were in prison for doing the right thing, not the wrong thing. How many of us could be joyous 
when we think back to a time when people mistreated us, lied on us, talked about us? How many of us could think back to the people who were a blessing and rejoice in the Lord in those times? But Paul challenges us and says we have to learn how to rejoice. We have to know that a joy is divine. Joy is not human, it's divine. It comes from heaven. We have to know, B, that joy is independent of circumstances. Joy is not based on circumstances. It's independent of circumstances. And C, we got to know joy is rooted in your relationship and your faith in God. That's the root and the foundation of your joy. I shared with you last week in part two that To live a joyful life, you must focus on the program and provision of God. You must focus on the program and the provision of God. Paul says in verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, that word partnership is translated uh, in many other places, other translations, fellowship. It's the Greek word koinonia, and it speaks to a mutual bond that we have with somebody else. That bond that Paul had was rooted in first their mutual knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and then secondly, their mutual commitment to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. When no other church supported Paul, the church at Philippi supported Paul, and Paul carried the gospel because of their commitment to him. Today I want to conclude by looking at verse 6, this idea of the focus for a joy-filled life. Here we go. To live a joyful life, you must focus on the power and plan of God working in and through your life. You must, in order to live a joyful life, focus on the power and plan of God working in and through your life. Verse 6, Philippians chapter 1, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is one of those verses that's part of Paul's greatest hits in the book of Philippi. He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What what are you saying, Paul? Paul is saying God has the power and God has a plan for your life. And that plan is working in you, is working on you, And if you stay in it, it's going to work through you. Now I know what somebody's thinking. What do you mean? See, here's what we many times miss. We we miss in our own personal moments of commiseration, in in our own personal moments when we're having a pity party and it's me, myself, and I, and I'm feeling bad about what I'm going through or what somebody said or what somebody did in my past. It is at that moment that we are failing to focus on the power and plan that God has for our lives. We're so busy focusing on the pain of our yesterday that we forget 
to claim the promise of our tomorrow. We, we can't get excited about what God is doing because we are lamenting what happened in the past. And God says, listen, whatever I have started in your life, I will finish. I will bring to pass what I have begun. Let me share with you several things, and then I'm going to take my seat. A, God's power and plan is evidence in him saving you. God's power and plan is evidence in him saving you. You can have absolute confidence in the work of salvation or redemption which God has begun in your life. Why? Because God has saved you. If God has saved you, he didn't save you for no reason. If God has saved you, he saved you for a purpose. He saved you for a reason. He has saved you to do what he has called you to do. God has a purpose and plan, and it started for you at salvation. He did not save you by accident. His saving you was not a mistake. God didn't save you and then say, oh, my God, or maybe better said, oh, myself. Why, why did I save him? Why did I save her? No, God's salvation is evidence that his power and plan are working in your life. Now, if you're having trouble seeing God's plan for your life, if you're having trouble identifying God's power in your life, then I submit to you, you are focusing on the wrong thing. See, if you're focusing on you and not on God, then you're not going to see God. If you're not focusing in the right place, if you're not focusing in the right direction, you can't see what God is trying to show you. The Bible says we are saved not by our works, but we are saved by Grace through faith, not of ourselves. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It's a gift. It's, 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 it's a gift from God so that none of us can boast about it. That salvation is evidence of God's power and plan for your life. But watch B. God's power and plan is evidenced in him developing you. Everybody say developing. God is developing you. Man, God is working on you. God is working on you. He is molding you. He is shaping you. The work begun by God in your life at salvation is a work that didn't stop once you got saved. God is still developing you. He is molding you. He is shaping you. He is, he is doing something in you. And can I tell you something about that developmental process? It is not always pleasant. It is painful even though it is profitable. And I know what somebody's thinking right now. You're thinking, God, can, can you just stop? Like, I don't know if I can take much more development. We have this misnomer that God won't put more on us than we can bear. And that sounds good, but it's theologically incorrect. God will put more on you than you can bear, so you will turn to him. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 
chapter 12, my grace is sufficient, right? He said, because my strength, God is talking, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's when you get to the end of your strength that my strength can show up. And when my strength shows up, there's no question who ought to get the glory. It's all about God. So no matter what kind of life you have lived, when God converts you, you begin living that good life. And listen, that good life is incomplete. It is still a process that you must go through. Now, hopefully, as you go through this process, you are getting wiser. You are getting stronger. You are getting better. You are getting uh, a bolder. You, you're, you're getting more spiritual. You're getting more committed to God. But God is working on you. Now, now can I tell you something? The truth is, um, we want the results of the work, uh, but we don't want the process of the work. Oh, we, we want everything that comes on the other side of the process. But, but we don't want to go through the process, the pain that it takes to go through it. But God says, no, I'm developing you. I, I'm, I'm working on you. That's why he said he, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. It, it's in the process. And I'm hoping and praying that you are appreciating the process. Can, can I tell you a little something that I've learned? Uh, sometimes in order to appreciate the process, you've got to stop and take note of the progress that you've made. See, it's only when you see the progress that you can celebrate on the way to the final product. But if you don't see the progress, then you won't celebrate in the process because you're on your way to the product. Uh, so let me see if I can make it plain. Uh, I'm driving to see my youngest son and my newest grandson, and we're, we're driving, my wife and I, we're driving, going to where my youngest son lives in Wichita Falls, Texas. We're on our way to Wichita Falls, and we decide to start driving, and we drive up 45, and, and here's what's interesting, right? As I'm driving up 45, I never see a sign that says Wichita Falls, I'm driving up 45. I see a sign that says Dallas. I see a sign that says Conroe. I see a sign that says Corsica. I see all of these signs, but I never see a sign that says Wichita Falls. But here's what I know. I am in the process of driving there. And the reason I know I'm making progress is because I see the signs of towns that are between my house and his house in Wichita Falls. I know I'm making progress because I see the signs. And watch this. When I turn off and I get on 287 and I've got to go and bypass Fort Worth and then head north and head up towards Wichita Falls, I, I, I'm still excited, not because I have arrived, but because I'm making progress. 
And when I finally see a sign that says Wichita Falls and it tells me how many miles to go, I'm not discouraged, y'all. I'm excited because I can see I'm making progress. Somebody look back over your life and see how far God has brought you. You may not be where you want to be, but God, you need to shout because you're not what you used to be. You are making progress. God is developing you. And it's not always pleasant, but it will always be profitable. See, the real basis for joy is knowing God is at work in your life day by day. Even in the midst of difficulties and challenges, man, you can look and say, you know what? I rejoice in the Lord because I know where I used to be. I rejoice in the Lord because God is working on me. I rejoice in the Lord because I'm better than I used to be. Lord, have mercy. There used to be a time if somebody had said that to me, I would have given them what little piece of my mind I had. But thank God. Woo, I'm going to give God some praise right now because, because the joy of the Lord is present because I know that God is developing me. And God's power is working in my life. Here's the C. And final thing, God's power and plan will become evident when he finishes and delivers you from mortal to immortality. God's power and plan will become evident when he finishes and delivers you from mortal to immortality. The good work is to be completed when Jesus Christ does one of two things, either calls you home to glory or returns to claim his children, the dead in Christ rising and then those who are alive and remain caught up to meet him in the air. Here's what Paul says. You have the confidence and assurance that God will finish what he has started in your life. The salvation that has shown up on earth will manifest itself finally in glory. God will do what he said he will do. He will complete his good work in you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as a guarantee, as a down payment for what God is going to do later on. Let me see if I can make it plain. Look at John chapter 14, beginning at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the Lord cannot receive, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And he has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 2 Corinthians 5.5, 5, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God 
who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. God will fulfill his purpose and plan for your life. That's what Paul says. Paul says rejoice. If you, if you ever need to focus on anything, if you lose sight of that, you, you're going to be in trouble. He says, but, but, but your joy is tied to your focus. Focus on what God is doing in your life, God's power and God's plan for your life. The psalmist says in Psalm 57, verse 2, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Come on, say God's purpose for me. You know, everybody's talking about, I want to be a person of purpose. Yeah, but whose purpose? Whose purpose? No, 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 not, not your purpose. What is God's purpose for your life? Remember, I told you joy is divine. It's not of earth. And so if you're trying to find your purpose, your purpose may result in happiness as long as your purpose is fulfilled, but it won't last. But when you discover what God's purpose is and you are in alignment with God's purpose for your life, then you can walk in the joy of the Lord perpetually because you are fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Read it with me if you can. But I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Let's read 1 Peter 1, 5 together. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. God has begun a good work in you. And he is able to see it to completion. If you ever think God has abandoned you, no. God has brought you too far to leave you now. God will finish what he has started in your life if you will let him. Salvation, yes. Service, yes. Development, yes. And ultimately a celebration. So here's what I need you to do. Look at your life. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're going through, look at your life and and realize that God is doing a good work. No, God's doing a great work in you. Now, guess what? Other people may not see it. And you know what? That's okay. They don't have to recognize what God is doing. 
because some folk won't see it until after God does it. And they'll look and say, man, how did you get here? How did you get here, girl? How did you get here? And you'll be able to testify throughout the journey that God's been doing a great work. Obstacles in the road that can leave you feeling low and you don't know how to move forward and sometimes there are turns you want to take but the way gets hard to trace now you're wondering how you did get here but don't you give up until you see how God is ordering your steps so you can walk into your season. He that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it. God is faithful to perform it. He that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it. Our God is faithful. Oh, I declare you will know the favor of the Lord and receive a harvest for your seed. And in due time, God will blow your mind with what he planted inside of you to bless the world as it blooms, yeah. He that has begun, he who has begun, God is faithful, oh yes he is. He that has begun, great work in you. Faithful to perform it. God is faithful to perform So if you ever get discouraged, speak to yourself and say, God is doing a great work. He's doing a great work. He's doing a great work in me. God is doing a great work. He's doing a great work. He's doing a great work in me. Come on, you declare it today. He's doing a great work. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, a great work. God is doing a great work. see it now, but I know he's doing a great work. Oh, yes, he is, yes. Eyes have not seen, neither have ears heard, nor has it entered unto the heart of man, the good things that God has prepared. He's doing a great work. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
a great work is he, he that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it God is faithful to perform it encourage somebody and he tell them he who has begun a great work in you oh God is faithful to perform it oh he's faithful to perform it yesterday today and forevermore our God is faithful oh yes he is he's faithful to perform everything he promised in his word yes so what should we consider as we proceed is that this great work did not begin with you our mothers mothers and fathers fathers oh they planted seeds when we were but the faint notion of a dream in their mind they hope for a harvest a legacy a great work let your next step forward help us to connect the dots and see this picture of greatness in fact I hear the Lord say that you are his workmanship you are his masterpiece created for such a time as this for great works for a great great work so you be great don't get discouraged but if you be great don't get weary go ahead and be great keep marching for justice let's go on and be great God, yes. Oh, and just be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He who has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it. God is faithful to perform it. Oh, he who has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it. Our God is faithful. Somebody today, you, you ought to be rejoicing right now. You, you ought to be rejoicing in the midst of everything. I need you to know God is doing a great work. And, and, and let me tell you something about God. He's a wonder-working God, but he moves in mysterious ways. Sometimes you may not see what God is doing while he's doing it. But my old pastor said you have to trust God's heart even when you can't make sense of God's hand. Hey, but when I look back, good God Almighty. And I see what God has done and where God has brought me from. Hey, I can testify. 
that, that he didn't just start doing the great work. He, he, he's been working on me. From, from a little boy in Mays Landing, New Jersey, at the New Mount Calvary Baptist Church, when I walked down the aisle and said, I want to give my life to the Lord. He, he's been working on me. When I started preaching the gospel in 1981 at the Morning Star Baptist Church in Fairmont, West Virginia, he's been working on me. Lord Jesus. You need to say that for yourself. He who has begun a great work in me is faithful. Even when I'm faithless, he is faithful. Hallelujah. 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 I'm sorry, y'all. I know we got to go, but hallelujah. Glory to his name. Yes, Lord. God Almighty, he's doing a great work. God is doing a great work. Lord, have mercy. right now great but it's a great work <laughs> when God gets through with me great when God gets through with me I'll be what he wants me to be yeah do what he wants me to be yeah I'll go where he wants me to go it's a great work yes it is yeah. oh yes it is Great work in you is faithful to perform. Faithful to God perform. is faithful to perform it. Yes. He who has begun a great work in you Lord Jesus. is faithful to perform it. Our God is faithful. You've had an opportunity already worship the Lord in giving. I pray now that you are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. For somebody that may be watching today, you don't know the Lord in the pardon of your sins. You've never asked Jesus Christ into your life as Savior and Lord. I asked a gentleman one time, how did he know he was saved? And he started telling me about his baptism. And I said, that's fine, but when did you ask Jesus Christ into your life? He started telling me about how they broke the ice in the creek in order to baptize him. And I said, that's nice, but when did you ask Jesus Christ into your life? He said, I grew up in church. I've been in church all my life. I said, that's nice, but when did you ask Jesus Christ into your life? Because without confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in your heart, 
that God has raised him from the dead, you cannot be saved. I want to help somebody today who may be watching. See, the work that God wants to do in your life, it starts with salvation, but it doesn't end with salvation. It starts with salvation in terms of you knowing the Lord, but once the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you, that's when God starts working on you and developing you and molding you and shaping you. And it's not until he moves you from earth to glory that you will fully realize all that God has done. Paul says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, we will see clearly. I want to pray this prayer of salvation with you if you're not sure of your salvation or if you know you don't know the Lord. And I want you to repeat this prayer of salvation with me today. Because I believe if you pray this prayer by faith, that the Lord Jesus Christ will come in and take a residence in your heart. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you and begin to work in you. Repeat after me this prayer. And I pray that you mean it from your heart, that you are sincere. And if you are, I believe the Lord will save you right now. Repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past and make me new. I know your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. At this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want him to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brother, my sister, if you prayed that prayer today, I believe by faith you are saved. Now, it's not based on your feelings. It's based based on an act of your will is based on your faith in the saving power of Jesus Christ. And I believe you are saved. Before we go, let me just remind you of a couple of things. First of all, don't forget this week, VBS, virtual VBS, our vacation Bible school is taking place starting tomorrow, July the 13th through July the 17th. You don't want to miss it. It's not too late. You can register. You can download any of the equipment, any of the digital manuals, any of the worksheets. You can get all of that. Listen, it's exciting. The theme is Jesus, our strong foundation. Jesus, our strong foundation. And it is for the whole family. So you can sign your children up. You can sign your youth up. And you can sign up as an adult. The lessons are not eternal. 
because it doesn't have to be eternal to be impactful. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we're not going to keep you all night. All of these lessons are designed to be done in less than an hour, from 30 minutes to an hour. But it's going to be a time for you to spend in the Word of God. And here's the other piece that's great. All of the generationally appropriate material, children, youth, and adults, it's all in sync with one another, which means what? You can have some great spiritual conversations. Imagine that. In the midst of your binge watching and everything else, you can have a conversation with your children about the Lord. Isn't that novel? Yeah. So let's do that. All right. That's VBS starting tomorrow night, Monday, July the 13th through the 17th. Also want to tell you, if you've been blessed by this message, listen, sign up for a life group. Be a part of the life group, the Joy Campaign life group. You can go to our website, click on the Joy Campaign, and register to become part of our life group ministry. If you accepted Christ, go to our website, click on the link that says, I just accepted Christ, now what? We've got some recommendations for you. If you can't find a church to attend right now, I understand because everybody is staying in and staying safe in the midst of this pandemic. But here's what I would invite you to do. Join with us virtually here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. We would love to help facilitate your discipleship until you can get to a place of worship in person. And if you're outside the Houston metropolitan area or you are more comfortable with the virtual platform, Join with us. We will do everything that we can to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in me, and God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, let's sing it together. Let's give God praise. Have a great day and give God the glory. God is doing something 